In case you're counting, there are 642 days until the next national election. Sometimes it is hard to get past the personalities to get to the issues, but we will attempt to do that today. Race relations are being tested again. We cut through the hype to get to the truth on that as well. All of that plus the news of the day on this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. All right, before we get into all this, um, some housekeeping notes. First of all, I am wearing a hoodie that celebrates the two NFL championships for our Kansas City Chiefs. And on February 12th, we will be playing for a third against Kurt's hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right, that's right. Do you want to trash talk? Do you want to trash talk like <laughs> the Bengals did before the Chiefs played them? No, no, I don't. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard to pick because uh, they're like, I like them both. And I'm, I'm totally a fair-weather fan. I'm always upfront about this. You know, I'm a fair-weather fan, so I can't, I can't pretend to be that committed. But it is exciting, and uh, we got a Kelsey ball, man. It's going to be great. It is going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about it later, especially what happened in the AFC Championship uh, game and the days leading up to that and how Travis Kelsey, one of those Kelsey brothers, got the last laugh on the AFC Championship game live on CBS for all to hear. Uh, so that is still to come. I want to thank our sponsors, our terrific sponsors on the podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, know that these folks, uh, they came to us, they wanted to be part of it, um, and they think exactly like we do. Well, maybe not exactly, but who thinks exactly like anybody? Right. I don't think exactly like Kurt. You wouldn't want that. <laughs> certainly you wouldn't want Kurt to think exactly like I do. Um, Bob Watson comes close to both of us, though. He straddles that line, and he takes care of you uh, from an insurance point of view. State Farm Insurance, five decades he's been helping folks like me from his office in Blue Springs at 7th and Main. You can reach him at 229-7878, 816-229-7878. Auto Home Life uh, commercial insurance. He's licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. If it's time to uh, take a look at the rates you're paying and you want to get a lot better service than an 800 number with someone who barely speaks English, Bob Watson and his team are ready to step in and help you at 816-229-7878. Funhouse Pizza. Two locations, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. I was talking to Jim Dingman today. He's the owner of both. What a fantastic guy he is. And he said uh, he needs a little help with the Blue Springs location. So if, if you're thinking about having a birthday party or something like that, um, a pizza place like Funhouse Pizza is a perfect place to go. And it's got fun in the name. Why wouldn't it be fun? Uh, so check out the folks at Funhouse Pizza. Fantastic pizza, very cold beer, and always some contesting going on, too. Uh, the big location is 50 Highway in Lee Summit, but let's not forget Blue Springs on 7 Highway. And again, if you got a kid that needs a job, Jim Dingman will put him to work with, with a fantastic first job there at Funhouse Pizza, Lee Summit, and Blue Springs. Royal Roofing and Solar, they'll get you hooked up. Uh, in fact, we should talk about what I'm going to talk about next right after we talk about Royal Roofing and Solar because it's not virtue signaling. You need a new roof, right? you got to keep your house dry. So they're excellent roofers. That's their first job. Their second job is, let's see if solar works as well. They can put those two things together in a package for you at Royal Roofing and Solar, 816-540-7057. Maybe for a change, 
You can own your utilities rather than renting them. Uh, the good folks there, Austin Watterson and his entire family, his staff, they are committed to getting it done for you, not fly-by-night. They're always going to be here. They've been here for years in Cass County, 816-540-7057. So let me jump right into this, Kurt, uh, because Jennifer Granholm, who is our Secretary of Energy, right, she was on an interview. I, it's some NBC affiliate, I think. It's I don't Arizona, know. it looks like. Okay, it's out in Arizona. So she's on this thing. And this is right after you've made this huge deal about gas stoves. I know it's one of your things, right? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like gas stoves. Do you have one? No, actually, I don't. Ironically enough, because I rent, I have a... Uh one of the coil top electric stoves and it's kind of shitty but it gets the job done yeah well we can't run a gas line to where it is in our kitchen you know my wife would love to have one as well so gas stoves and of course you know the 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 conspiracy theory was that the government is going to come and take your gas stove away. Listen to how Jennifer Granholm bats that away and be prepared to stop this clip because I have a point that I want to make right in the middle of it for people. So let's talk about stoves because the big energy story over the last couple of weeks has been uh, my gas stove. I'm a gas stove okay. owner. Can I say that is so ridiculous, that story, because okay, it well, sounds like well, the government's coming in to take your stove. That is so not true. That is just not okay. true. And in fairness, the science on this is well established. There's nothing new here about the health risks posed by gas really, stoves. Really. And as I did a little poking around, I discovered that the government right now is... Department of Energy, you want to electrify your buildings yes. okay, and remove stop it right natural okay. gas. Because I wanted to stop it a little bit earlier than that. Because the anchor says, we all know that the science is settled on this, right? That gas stoves cause all kinds of health problems. The science is settled. And that is such a tool of the left, Kurt. Mm -hmm. You know, they've done it with, like, global warming and all this. That's why I wanted to talk about Austin's company there, because we're not talking about virtue signaling here. What the left does is complete virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they say, the science on this is settled. And if you question them, remember, one of the things we're trying to get done on this podcast is get people to question things. Ask questions. Because they look at you like you've got four heads. It's like, the science is settled. What are you, a knuckle dragger? Didn't you read the book? Yeah, and it's it's really telling, too, because it always ties to the current thing, right? Like the current thing being global warming or COVID or yeah. gas stoves. And it's like as soon as it's in the news, then everyone's an expert, right? Like this guy here on this local news channel, whatever his name is, I guarantee you he knew nothing about the science of gas stoves and health, you know, two weeks ago before this was in the news. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah. I'm on board. You know, the science is settled. So the science is only settled when they tell us that it's settled. That's how it works. Does he have two-tone hair? I mean, that's an interesting look. Hey, looks you know, little, salt and pepper is a good look. I, it, I don't mind it. It looks a little lighter on the top, a little darker on the bottom there. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I've seen it so often. It's not just about being an expert and all that. It's like they're trying to own it. Yeah. You know, the science is settled. How many times have we heard Biden say that? Yeah, I mean, just say, saying the science is settled means that if you question what I'm saying, you're a terrible person or you hate science or whatever. That's that's what that means. It's, it's a political statement, really, at the end of the day, because it's not about science. Anyone who is serious about science knows that the science is never settled. That statement in itself is just a contradiction. Yeah. But that statement, the science is settled, is a political statement. It's saying that we have decided as the uh, prevailing authority on X issue that, you know, this is what it is and we're not allowed to 
question it anymore. Well, and what Secretary Granholm does after that is she says, you know, we're just going to incentivize people. Now, what does that mean? Let's let's parse that a little bit. What that means is they're going to take tax money that we send to Washington, D.C. and pay other people to go out and buy an electric stove. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that means. You have to know what all the words mean. And that's what incentives mean. And a lot of times, like the incentives on these electric cars that are you know, they're an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. Normal people can't afford those things. So what you're doing when you incentivize those things is you're allowing rich people to go out and buy their EV so they can get their EV and drive it around and say, I'm saving the planet because the science is settled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally true. And I mean, it's it's really not that far removed. I mean, yeah, it's not a ban. We'll finish the clip here in a minute. But what she's trying to say is that it's not a ban on gas stoves. But, you know, when you start getting into giving tax incentives or uh, tax credits or whatever or incentivizing or uh, subsidizing certain things with taxpayer money, you're still putting your foot into the process. You're still putting your, your hand on the scale you of are, like, what people are doing. So it's really not that different other than, you know, not outright banning something. But and it's I, still – I looked ahead. Okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, play the rest of the clip. I got what I wanted out of it, but go ahead. Right. As a fossil right, fuel. Right, I mean, people aren't aware that, you know, kids who have asthma, 12% of kids who have asthma are because they were exposed to gas stoves. And the... Bullshit. I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on that. <laughs> 12% of kids have that asthma is, because of gas stoves. That is just blatant horseshit. I don't care what anyone says. You can call me a science denier. You can call me a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal. I don't care. That we got to so get, stupid. you know, Dr. Mark Taramina on this because he might be able to t- he's a doctor, uh, but he's a doctor of the other end, right? He's a doctor of what Kurt just talked about, the bullshit and where that yeah. comes out of. Of the gas. He, yeah. he, he knows about gas, too. Yeah. He does. He knows quite a bit about it because he runs Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit and they're one of our fine sponsors here as well. And let me tell you about the science being settled and has been for decades, Kurt, is colon cancer will kill you. Yeah. That's that's pretty settled science, right? Yeah. Colon cancer will kill you. And the best way for it not to kill you is to get it early. And they used to say 50 years old, you ought to go get your uh, colonoscopy. Uh, but Dr. Taramina and the folks at Midwest GI Health and Lee Summit uh, say now 45. So if you're a 45-year-old, um, you really need to be getting this process started. Uh, find out what it's all about and find out why Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit, uh, they're a standalone operation, why they would be best for you. And if you love this podcast, you'll love the fact that Dr. Mark Tarmina uh, is an Army vet trained at Walter Reed Army Medical uh, just an awesome guy, and he's ready to uh, take care of you. MidwestGIHealth.com is the website, and uh, their office in Lee Summit is 816-836-2200. 816-836-2200. No speculation uh, with these guys. It's the settled science of colon cancer. That's what they specialize in, colonoscopies and taking care of you so that you don't face colon cancer down the road. Get the screening. It's, it's very smart. I mean, I've done this myself. Kurt's like, hey, yeah, boomer, whatever. That's decades away from me. I'm, I'm going on my honeymoon next week. I don't care about any of this stuff, right? <laughs> Not that far. I mean, I'll, I'll have to do it soon enough. Yeah. You're going to Mexico. I am. 
I'm leaving uh, Friday, yeah, for Cancun. All right. Well, we're going to have a special episode of the podcast next week. Um, we're going to be talking with um, the guy, Doug Heishman, who runs the um, uh, Citizens Police Academy in Blue Springs. Uh, we talked about that on the uh, Facebook page and a lot of interest on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you should find out if your town does a Citizens Police Academy because it will absolutely blow your mind about what cops go through. And we'll talk about that probably a little bit later because we've got a section on cops. But, uh, you know, your favorite liberal who likes to blow us up from <laughs> behind his keyboard, you know, uh, he, he will not be mentioned by name, but he probably knows who he is. He's glued to this thing. And I tried to engage him because I think he's an asshole. And I've completely <laughs> blocked him from my Facebook because I don't want to hear his bullshit anymore. And I can't convince you to block him from the Facebook no, page. No, I like it. I Screw like it. it. Whatever. Um, so I tried. I mean, you know you're an admin on the Facebook page, too. You could block him if you I wanted know. to. All right. It needs to be a 100% vote here. I'm, yeah. Your vote's important to me. Oh, thank you. Um, but I tried to have a conversation with him because he's one of these keyboard warriors who knows everything, right? And I, I, I tried to be you know, honest and open with him and say, look, you know, I lived with a police officer for my entire childhood, my stepfather, right? Mm -hmm. So you would think I would know everything about being a cop, right? And I took the Citizens Police Academy uh, in Blue Springs, the nine-week course that they have, and found out I knew very little about police work. It really opened my eyes. And he goes, well, I've got a relative who was a cop, so I think I know everything about being a cop. I'm like, fuck you. I'm done. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, we're uh, sending Abrams tanks to the Ukraine. By the way, President Biden was asked about this like six weeks ago, and he said, we're not sending any tanks. We're not going to do that. It's like, oh, yeah, we're sending some tanks. We're going to send some Abrams tanks over there. Um, Where does this end? I don't know. But they're sending the A2 version, which is the upgraded Abrams tank. But... It will not include the secret armor mix that makes the Army's newest version so lethal. Oh, that would have been extra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We need to to... get an incentive from Congress for that. Yeah, we need Zelensky to come give another speech in front of uh, Congress, and then maybe he'll convince us to send the secret armor tanks. You were harsher on this than I was from the beginning, but I'm coming around to your way of thinking, because I kind of thought this was not going to be that big of a deal. It was going to be over before it started, and now this thing is stretching into months. It will stretch into years. Where does it end? Are we giving them a blank check? And then, you know, stay tuned for the aftermath. Because what happens to a bombed-out Ukraine? Well, we've got to go rebuild that, Kurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you have to ask the follow-up question to that, too, which is why. I mean, why is all of this happening? Why is it being drawn out so much? Why are we still sending billions of dollars? And I I have to think that it's intentional. I mean, I I really do. I have to think that uh, Zelensky doesn't want the war to be over quickly because he's getting billions and billions of dollars out of it. And he's getting military technology. He's getting commitments from the West. He's trying to, you know, uh, wrench himself into NATO and he's playing the long game, you know, as Putin is of course. And, uh, why does Putin want it to last this long? Well, I don't know if he does, but, uh, maybe aren't they a superpower? Aren't they the one that could go in and squish a country like the Ukraine, like a gnat? Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. I mean, I really don't know. And there's all kinds of, I mean, who, it's, it's half a world away, you know, and it's hard to say exactly what's happening. You know, are there atrocities being committed by the Russian military? I'm sure there are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, are, is, are the Ukrainians doing 
shady things too? I mean, yeah, absolutely. We, we've talked about it before, but the, the Ukrainian government was being called out as like the most corrupt government in Europe by every major mainstream media outlet before this all started. So yeah. it's, it's amazing how the table starting turn. to come around. And now, of course, the news is we will not be sending F-16 fighter jets to the Ukraine. Now, that's the word today. You know, mm-hmm. Biden says, oh, we're not going to be sending any F-16s. Kind of like he said, we're not going to be sending any uh, tanks over there. I ain't going to have it. Um, no F-16 fighter jets to the Ukraine as of now, because that would just tip the balance. And really, if the Russians can't squish the Ukraine like a gnat, why do we care? I know they got a bunch of nukes and all that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a great question. Why, why do we care? I mean, uh, they're not in NATO. And the, again, they're they're super corrupt. I yeah. mean, we were supposed to hate Ukraine when Trump was president. <laughs> they impeached they impeached Trump exactly. over a, in his words, a perfectly fine phone call, no problems whatsoever, with with Zelensky, the same guy, the same guy that we're now right. celebrating as this exactly. you know global hero was was a villain, you know, two seconds ago. So, and if you follow the money, I mean, you know, aren't Biden's hands a little dirty here? Yeah, his sons certainly are. Okay, well, to be to be continued on all that, um, let's have some fun with um, the judiciary because and back to Mark Taramino because he's our our doc here. Now, if you were if you were interviewing a doctor to take care of you, right, and you asked the doctor, Doc, what's the function of the lungs? What's the function of the heart? Wouldn't you want to have a really good answer from a doctor who's <laughs> yeah. been educated in medicine and all that? Probably. Doc, what does the pancreas do? What's the function of the kidneys? So if you're interviewing a judge for the federal judiciary, wouldn't you think they've at least glanced at the Constitution of the United States? You would think. I mean, we did the first five or six episodes of this podcast tearing apart the Constitution. And I said at the time, I'm convinced a lot of folks in D.C. haven't even read the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And, and now there is, there's um, a confirmation of this. John Kennedy, not John F. Kennedy, the president from Massachusetts, the Republican senator from Louisiana, he kind of reminds me of Matlock. Don't you think? Are they Do you real- know what Matlock is? Was that like a TV guy or something? Andy Griffith played oh, okay. this Southern lawyer who always wore a seersucker suit, and he had that drawl going. Mm. And he would always like lull you into a sense of confidence, and then he would snap. <laughs> and that's John Kennedy, the uh, senator from Louisiana. Now, he's interviewing these Senate Judiciary uh, candidates here that have been nominated by President Joe Biden. And I just, I, I just love this. Roll this clip. Uh, to all of you. Um, judge on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Deer in the headlights. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. All right. Stop the tape there for a second. All right. Stop the tape. Okay. So you're talking to your doctor, and you're like, what do the lungs do? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not coming to mind. What does the brain do? Uh, Not coming to mind. Article 5, by the way, is the process by which you amend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Article 2, just trying to help the judge out here. Now, I don't have a law degree, right? I've got a political science degree from a small university in Indiana, and I've been on the radio for 40 years, but I know that Article 5 is the way that we amend the Constitution. And I know that Article 2, Article 1 is Congress, Article 2 is the executive, Article 3, I'm surprised you didn't ask her that. I mean, you're a judicial nominee. Do you know what Article 3 of the Constitution is? Article 2 is the executive branch. So continue with John Kennedy's interview. Scratching his head. you got to love that. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, she is about to say. She, I have to pause it there because she's about to say no. You could you could <laughs> see her voice mouthing no, and then she's like, uh, "Say something smart. Say something smart." So now she's just going to give like a fifteen and second answer that just way, means no, but with you more know, words. <laughs> listen to the podcast on audio if you want to. But the way that you get all these fun things, including the the anchor man's hair in the first segment, and and John Kennedy scratching his head like, yeah. I can't believe you're actually applying to be a judge at the federal level. Um, yeah, go on. My 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was wow. not faced with that precise question. Um, we are In your 12 years and your nine years, you weren't faced with knowing what Article 5 of the Constitution is. Or two. Good God. <laughs> the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts ah, presented. This is great. This is great. Pause the tape. Pause the tape. So she's a sponge, Kurt. She yeah. knows nothing. But when she's faced with something, she'll go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a, that's an approach. <laughs> I do that all the time. I mean, I learn stuff on YouTube. You, you didn't know. know anything before you took this job, and you're learning a lot on the job. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. But, you know, uh, after three years, I know a lot more. And I could tell you, you know, some of the basics about uh, about the industry and, and things like what that. What is that instrument you're talking into, Kurt? This is, uh, uh, you know, in my three years <laughs> as a radio pro- producer, I have I have not had to answer that question. So I'll have to get, we'll circle back on that. We'll circle back. But yeah, it's like, man, if this is the, the she, she said something about she was in like the highest trial court yeah. in Washington state. Yeah. I mean, that's troubling, man. Like if this is the best that they have to offer, uh, they're just going to smoke some pot and get back to you. We're screwed, <laughs> we're screwed, man. Oh, are we done with, no, keep going. Oh, okay. Based with it as a, if you're confirmed, I can assure you of that. Um, somebody else. Let's go with somebody. Yeah. Else. He's <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say now. There's nothing more I can say. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah. You're, okay, you're done with that. All right. <clears throat> so the latest on the documents. Now uh, former Vice President Pence comes forward and says, hey, I, I, me too. Me too. I got a box right over there. Never even opened the damn thing. It's still sealed. He wouldn't say the damn thing because he's such a good Christian. Right. Um, I'm a Catholic, so I swear like a sailor. <laughs> um, he sent it back to them or whatever. But there's still a lot of questions about this. And Democrats on the um, oversight committee are starting to come forward and say, your answers, Mr. President, are not good. Mm-hmm. You know, We need to be able to see this stuff. We've got to see what it is you had. Um, it's not good. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but certainly when you get Democrats circling in with Republicans, um, not a good look for Joe Biden. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's just more people with documents coming out. And I mean, of course, we can go all the way back to Hillary Clinton and probably before her, you know, and it's like, I think at this point, the better question is who doesn't have classified documents somewhere rather than who does. And how did they get them? It's a great question, especially when you go back to Joe Biden as senator from Delaware, because all these Democrats who are senators are coming forward saying, hey, when I go into the skiff, I got to give them my phone. They pat me down on the way out. How did he get the documents out of there? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it wouldn't be that hard to smuggle documents out of a place like that. You just put them in your, you know, clothes or something like that, shove them down your pants. But that requires intent, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to strip search you leaving there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that that is a good question. And it's it's the qu- same question that uh, Joe Manchin brought up last week when we played the clip on the show. So Yeah. So Paul Pelosi, now we've seen the uh, videotape, and I guess the first question that came to mind, you've got your own questions, is this is the um, third highest office in the country behind president and vice president is Speaker of the House. And this guy was able to walk up to the House in full view, and he was there for a while. Have you seen the video from outside the House, like on the patio? The one that I'm looking at right now? No, no, no. That's the one where the officers go to the door. Oh, oh. Uh, I'm talking about before that, um, there's like a camera that shows him on the patio. He brings up a big bag full of stuff, Mm. including the hammer, and he looks around. Nobody's coming. Nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. And he's able to use the hammer to break the windows and and get into the house. Mm. And that's the third highest, you know, office in the land here. And that's the level of security they had? Yeah. That's a little troubling. Yeah, let's watch the clip, but I, yeah, there's a lot of This is the stuff. officers going to the door, and, and you've got some things you want to talk about here. They've got their body cams on. Sure this one? Yeah. Fucking Make sure nothing racist happens here. Yeah, it literally said that. Hi. Here's the door. Hi. What's going on, man? Everything's good. Okay. Pause right there. So you got Paul Pelosi in his underwear. Has he got his arm linked around the guy with the hammer? I think he's holding on to the hammer. Oh, he's got a hold of the hammer. Yeah, so his hand is right here. Does he have a drink in the other hand? Somebody told me that. Oh, maybe. He's got so Paul has one hand here and then the guy has two hands on the hammer. Okay. And then let's see. Drop the hammer. Um nope. Hey. Um nope. He does have a drink. He has a drink in the other hand. Oh, he just wails on the guy. I mean, there's some question in Joe Biden's world. Why, why didn't they just shoot him in the leg? <laughs> now Pelosi's down. That is, that that was ugly to see. And you said there was somebody else in there. Yeah. So there, there's a few things about this. I mean, you just brought that up. So I'm gonna. Yeah. Go back. So okay, I'm gonna point to where at again you got to watch on youtube to see this but look right here okay okay so on the left side of the door in the little window there you're gonna see a head right there is that a head it's kind of like the zabruder film here yeah it's close i mean it couldn't be not that but there's like and then it it moves too so Okay. Uh, how you doing? How are you? And then also, it's like, who opened the door? So yeah, watch this. Go back. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, so Did Paul open the door? Well, as soon as the door is open, watch right here. Door opens. Yeah. 
and his hand is on the hammer. Huh. And, uh, and this guy has both his hands on the hammer. So all four of their hands right now are, are occupied because he has his right hand on the hammer. Yeah. This guy has both hands on the hammer, and he's got a, a drink in his left hand, <laughs> and the door is opening. So who's opening the door? Where's the fifth hand? Uh, how you doing? What's and see going that on, person man? That you I see, see right that there. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah. And then the other weird thing, too, is like if you listen to the uh, – they also released the audio of the 911 call uh, when Paul called 911. Yeah. And – they're like, 911, what's your emergency? And he's like, oh, uh, what? And then they're like, this is 911. Is everything okay? And he's like, oh, um, no. There's somebody in my house. <laughs> it's just like really weird. Like the whole thing is just weird, man. Yeah. So, I mean, he's in his underwear. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. So um, to be continued on that as well, I guess... I mean, they've released the video. I don't know what more. Is I, come I don't out think of that. we're ever going to know exactly what happened. I mean, it's it's the Pelosi's. You know, they're notoriously not very transparent people. No, they're so. not. <laughs> he can drive his Ferrari, kill somebody, and yeah. maim them, whatever, with the car. It's fine. Not a big deal. Okay, you ready to move on to the next? Moving on segment here. The next segment of the podcast, the real debate for twenty twenty four. Um, and I think it boils down to this, and I know there are some social issues at play here, and you're probably going to be stronger on those than I will, but for me, it boils down to centralized government control or more local control. And I've always been a big proponent of government practice best when it happens closest to the problem. You know, when you've got a pothole in front of your house, you're not calling your congressman. Mm -hmm. You're calling your city councilman. And you're like, get out here and fill this pothole. Um, where we get into trouble is where more and more of our problems and our perceived problems are shipped to Washington, D.C. And so what you get is this big money laundering outfit. If it weren't the federal government and they didn't pass laws for it, uh, you would bust these guys for the biggest RICO case in the history of the world. Because that's what's happening. They pill for money from Kurt. They pill for money from me, from every one of you who are listening to this podcast. They take it to that giant swamp, as Trump aptly called it, and then they dole it out. And, and they dole it out in the form of government programs that I challenge you to find five that actually work mm -hmm. and do what they're intended to do without becoming bloated albatrosses that just continue to grow like a hydra. It's like, well, uh, we can't. We can't cut the budget on that. We're going to give them a 3% uh, increase. Well, that's a cut because it should be 8%. You only gave us three. That's a cut. That's the, that's the only kind of math that they understand in Washington. And the latest thing that's been floated again, and there are lots of ideas on tax policy. My personal thing is let's figure out what the federal government ought to do, secure our borders, which they're not doing very well right now, uh, protect us in terms of a military, and what other things? The things that we've already signed on for that we can't get out of, Social Security, there's no way that ever goes away. Medicare never goes away. Okay, beyond those four things, honestly, Kurt, what else should the federal government be doing? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I kind of fluctuate on this, to be honest, because I'm, I used to be much more libertarian, but I'm really not anymore, and it's because... You know, I see things that 
are happening in our society, in our culture specifically, that I think should be acted on at a national level. Um, things like, you know, uh, gender theory, pr- pitching, you know, pitching or, or okay, pushing why gender does that cost theory money? On, on minors. I'm on money right now. So why does that cost money? Um, I don't. What kind of a federal program could you come up with? Well, I've, I, it's not necessarily about money, though. I mean, it, it's just that conceptually, like we are going to have an educational system uh, at Which some ought level. to be done at the local level. Sure, sure, yeah, and 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 that's true. But at the same time, like there should be certain things that you should not teach to kids. Like you shouldn't be allowed to teach that to kids. Even if you, at at a national level, you right, shouldn't we'll be allowed to do that. Put a pin in that because I'll, we can come back. To and that. that's, that's just one example. Yeah. I mean, there's many many issues that would fall into that category. Where I'm I would just think, talking you know, about. Let's figure out what the cost is for what the federal government ought to do. Right. It ought to protect our borders, protect us from foreign enemies. Um, it should pay for Social Security and Medicare, which Social Security and Medicare, by the way, are funded by two different things. So that's another issue altogether. And then how do we pay for this? Mm -hmm. Okay, right now what we do, and we've done it this way for decades, um, is withholding. You don't really know unless you really look at your paycheck stub what it is you're, you're paying for, right? You don't know. You just know what your net is. That's what everybody lives off of. It's like, okay, what's my net? I don't care. Whatever's withheld, blah, 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 blah. Okay, what's withheld is federal, state, local, and FICA. You don't even think about that. Imagine what your paycheck would be like if you got most of that money, right? What would it look like? So one of the ideas out there, it would be bigger. (laughs) Um, You know, a flat tax is something that uh, Steve Forbes tried to get done for a long time so that that basically everybody's got skin in the game. And the next level of that is the VAT tax, the value-added tax. So when you buy, you, they would do away with withholding altogether, so you'd get your full paycheck, mm-hmm. right? And when you went to go buy something, yeah, there might be a 30% excise tax for federal. You'd know what you were paying for, right? Right. It's like, well, I just bought a new washer. Um, it's 30% more because I got to pay the VAT tax, but I get all my money in my check. And Biden won't even think about that. He won't even consider it. Um, probably on the fly, can't find the clip, but, um, he, he did in his whisper voice, if they come to me with that, I'll veto it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great idea too. It's sort of, it's something we ought to talk about, right? I'm not saying it's a great idea. I'm saying let's at least have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know if it's realistic in that it could happen, but we should at least have the conversation and push it. And I guess you're sort of talking about like a sales, like a national sales tax. It would be a national sales tax. Yeah. I I agree with that too. I mean, I think um, it's certainly a lot more transparent. uh, Harder to cheat. Okay. And if you you don't buy anything, you don't pay tax. You don't pay the tax (laughs) on it. And you you exempt things like food, for instance. Yeah. Maybe you exempt clothing. I mean, there are different ways we could do this. But if you're a rich, rich guy and you go buy a yacht somewhere, you're paying a hefty tax. Yeah. You buy a Lamborghini, you're paying a hefty tax. I buy, you know, whatever I buy, and maybe it's a Ford or a Chevy, maybe it's a little less tax. But it's very transparent. Yeah. And it, I think it incentivizes people to take more control over their own lives and stop buying so much stupid shit, too. You know, like, uh, for example, even, I mean, I'm sure it would apply to food, at least to some extent, you know, or uh, 
or shelter and things like that. You know, maybe if you don't want to pay tax, you, you grow your own food or you build your own shelter or you, uh, you know, you buy your own, you own your own utilities. Like we talk about with, mm-hmm. with Royal, you know, and all of these things. So that would, I think, incentivize people to kind of move towards more self-government, you know, which is what we're supposed to be doing in the first place. Democrats want you to be stupid and ignorant of everything that's going on. They don't want you to look at your paycheck stub. Yeah. That's the last thing they want because then you'll look at it and go, wow, how much am I paying in federal taxes? How much am I paying in FICA? Uh, you know, They don't want you to look at that. And they want you to look at Washington to solve all the world's problems. We'll solve all the problems. Don't worry about it. You know, um, the, the latest thing is now the left is looking uh, to the Fed for rent control. Yeah. Well, they're already doing it. I mean, not federally, but they're doing it, you know, in San Francisco and New York and other places. Yeah, but they want a federal policy. Look that's how what that's the left going. Wants. Oh, it's it's terrible, and it's going to continue. Gun policy, you know, they want to control all of that. How's that working out? You know, uh, I I always go back to an old NRA commercial that I saw years and years ago, and it, it just it shaped my thinking on this because, as you know, I'm not a gun owner. I'm not a gun guy. It's just not my thing. Um, But I'm a big proponent of the uh, Second Amendment. And what really shaped my view on this was this old commercial from the NRA. I don't even know if you could ever find it again. But it's it's basically a politician in front of a lectern saying, you know, we passed another gun law today. You're going to be safe. Go out there and be safe. And the camera pans back, and what you see is obviously some shady criminal type, right? And he's sitting there in this dumpy little apartment eating a TV dinner, and he's just laughing his ass off mm-hmm. because he knows, you know, criminals don't follow the law. Well, that I mean, that's another example of maybe where I would – maybe disagree a little bit and I, I, I'm still kind of figuring it out, but like gun policy is federal. I mean, the, the second amendment is federal. It applies to the whole country. It apply, it doesn't apply just sure. to particular States sure. shall not be infringed is a federal policy. Right. So that should be upheld on the federal level. There should not be allowed to be any state that, uh, you know, infringes on the second amendment in any way. So uh, in that sense, yeah, we do need a federal policy because if States try and do that, it's going to take the federal government you know, um, to, to come in and override the states and, and to make that, uh, you know, go away. So, yeah, we do need some kind of federal uh, oversight on that, I would say. Yeah. Well, 2024 is coming at us fast. Um, and Trump is the only one on the Republican side who has filed the paperwork to actually be in the thing as a candidate. But there are a lot of people talking about it right now. And Trump is talking about all of them. He's already calling out DeSantis for being uh, not loyal to him since he got him elected governor, at least from President Trump's perspective. Um, you've got all these other folks who were part of his cabinet now who are nibbling at the edges, mm-hmm. trying to get in. Pence is nibbling at the edges, and they're all going to face the wrath of Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't know where this is all going to go. If I had a crystal ball, I would, I would tell you, you know, you can write this down and put it in a jar somewhere that I don't think Donald Trump will be the nominee next time. And if he is, we will not win the next presidential election. That, those are two predictions I'll make right now, and we can see how it works out. If it's about the ideas, left versus light, right, local versus federal centralized control, the two examples I would give you are Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Mm-hmm. And the question I would ask is, why are people fleeing California 
and why are people flocking to Florida? Yeah, I mean, certainly if it was the two of them running against each other, I mean, the the comparison could not be any more blatant, you know, between because you have two governors, you have maybe the most left-wing state in America against, you know, maybe the most right-wing state in terms of government in America. So it would be very transparent in terms of laying bare the policies, laying bare, you know, like you said, people leaving California, people moving to Florida. So that would be very enlightening and very eye-opening, I think, for a lot of people to see them go against each other. Well, people are fleeing California, and California is like freaking out. It's like all the people with money are leaving this state, so they're trying to tax them on the way out. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, well, you can move to Texas if you want. You can move to Florida if you want. We're, the long arm of the bear of California is still going to come out and get <laughs> And you. swat you. <laughs> yeah. And then you ask people, why are they flocking to Florida? And I saw a poll on this, and the number one reason is the word freedom. Mm. They feel free moving to Florida. How sad is that, that we only have a handful of states that people would flock to because they feel like they'd be free there? Yeah. Well, the problem is, I mean, you know, uh, people move out of these states and then they keep voting Democrat. You know, that's that's a big problem. And it's happening already in Texas. Uh, I mean, thankfully, Beto O'Rourke, you know, never really won anything. He didn't win the, the nomination for president or Senate or governor, but he came pretty close. Yeah. Uh, certainly closer than he would have 20 30 years ago and i think it's because a lot of democrats are moving from california and other states because they don't like it there but then they go and they still vote democrats so that's going to be a real problem down the line all right race relations obviously are being tested again the city of memphis i saw the video on this we've all seen the video on it and i don't know how anyone could defend it it's horrific what happened to this young man i mean there's there's no excuse for it None whatsoever. I mean, for this kid to be hauled out of a car, what is he, 28 years old? I mean, uh, my wife and I tried to watch it. She said, turn it off because he's he's basically yelling for his mother while these Memphis cops are beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really strange because, you know, like they, they have him down on the ground. They have him restrained and, you know— initially at least in the video you can make an argument that he was sort of resisting or giving them a hard time but then they they get him down and they have there's like five against one so they have him down in a place where they can cuff him and you know permanently restrain him and instead they just pick him up again and start wailing him in the face you know so uh, it's a the the motive there is is kind of weird and it's obviously terrible i i would just like to see what happened to lead up to this i mean why do these guys have like a personal vendetta against this guy or are they just well they've been looking to they've been fired and charges have been filed so it's going to get adjudicated and we're going to find out what happened here and is this another you know uh deal where they leaned on the guy's neck the floyd case and those officers are in prison right now are these officers going to be in prison too but then you know we held our breaths for the weekend going oh my god I hope they don't burn our cities down again because yeah. of all the, of the violence. And I ask myself these questions, Kurt. Does it matter that all of the officers involved are black? Does it matter that the officers involved were arrested and faced charges? Or is it just another opportunity for the race baiters out there, the Sharptons of the world, the Jesse Jacksons of the world, who feed off of this? Mm-hmm. They absolutely feed off of it. Um, is it another opportunity for them? So I, I didn't hear a lot of violent stories over the weekend. There was a couple of uh, 
small things, but not that much. I think a big part of it is just the weather. You know, the the George Floyd thing happened in May. Yeah. And so the weather was a lot nicer. So people <laughs> people are going to go out and riot more. And, uh, you know, it's cold. So. So what, I mean, there are a lot of folks out there weighing in on this about how this is racist. I'm a white guy. I guess I don't get to have an opinion. No, of course not. Yeah. You should just shut your mouth and listen to people of color. Dale. Shut your mouth and stay in your <laughs> yeah, lane. Yeah. Sorry, that's a preview of something to come. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got some uh, selections here from from Twitter. Let me take a sip of water real quick. Yeah. But um, and you can see the views on these because they're not just random people. This one has one hundred twenty-one thousand views. Yeah. Want me to read it while you're munching on ice? I got it. Sorry. Okay. Good. Doesn't matter what color these police officers are. The murder of Tyree Nichols is anti-black and the result of white supremacy. There you go. By the way, the mayor of Memphis is black. The police chief is black, and all of the officers involved are black. And sixty percent of the city population-wise right. is black too. And uh, eight out of fifteen of the city council members are black. But never mind that. Nope. Uh, Four point eight million views. Diversifying the police force doesn't end racism because racism is inherent to the organization of the institution and its daily operation. Racism is what policing is. 2.2 million views. Anyone who says the killing of Tyree Nichols can't be about racism because the cops were also black really doesn't understand how white supremacy or anti-blackness work. LOL. And then uh, this was the, the cream of the crop, the opinion article on CNN written by Van Jones, one of our favorites. Opinion. The police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. There you go. Yeah. So here's my thought on this. This is the fruit. This is what, what happened as a result of the, defend, the defund the police movement. Police feel in cities in particular that they have no support, none whatsoever. So what do you think happened? A lot of guys who were on the bubble, Kurt, the experienced officers at the top, they said, you know what? I don't need this shit. I'm out of here. And they took retirement. And they don't work for the city anymore. They are long gone. And then you got to wonder, who are, who are the next generation of cops, especially for cities? Not suburbs like where I live. I love my police department, and they do a fantastic job. Why would you want to become a police officer in Kansas City, Missouri? I have no idea. I don't know why you'd want to be a cop anywhere right now, to be well, honest. Well, cops in the it's it's a different deal. In the cities, yeah. it's it's tough. Yeah. Why would you want because you're you know, you're you're a suspect number one. You're not a police officer first, you're a suspect number one. Mm -hmm. And it's you're guilty until you're proven innocent. Mm -hmm. And then when you get these guys doing what they did, um, it just yeah, I mean, I down. think you make a great point. And I mean, just, just looking at them, aside from obviously the fact that all five of them are black men, they look pretty young, you know, and I, I would be... I'd They're be, all young, yeah. I'd be curious how long they've been on the force for, because this doesn't seem like the type of behavior that experienced officers no. would, would engage in. And so... You know, I think you're you're spot on, which is what you're seeing is the the experienced officers are leaving, and then you get this new crowd of officers who are like gung ho gunslingers. You know, we yeah. we want to just take out the bad guys. They're gonna take the shit because they they're not taking their job seriously or what have you. And yeah, that's what you're gonna get. Where's the sergeant? You know, the the older experienced officer. It says, okay, guys, that's enough. We we got him down. That's enough. Right. You know, they've also uh, they're looking at the ambulance folks, the paramedics who responded. Uh, they're in trouble because they didn't come in right away and give aid. Oh, really? So 
they're in trouble. They've been Yeah, fired. but I mean, you're a paramedic. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go take on five cops and like push I, them off or you know, beat them up? I mean, I don't know about I don't that. know, but th- this is the problem we're having in our country. It's cities like Memphis and Kansas City and St. Louis and Baltimore and Philadelphia, you know, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, our cities are, you know... What's the right word I want to use? Because I don't want to really get in trouble, but I want to tell the truth on this. They're deteriorating. That's it's what I would dangerous. say. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. The 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 uh, state of affairs in our cities are quickly deteriorating. But it's okay because you know the folks out there that are watching over us are solving all of our problems, like Disney World's Splash Mountain. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not a ride guy. So Splash Mountain wasn't my thing. I didn't even know that it was themed on the Disney movie Song of the South. Did you? No, I, I think I maybe have been on Splash Mountain like once and I was real little. I well, you know how Disney rides are. They theme them on their, you know, their movies. Yeah. And some of them are problematic. Mm-hmm. And apparently Song of the South is problematic. Now, I'm going to um, admit some things, Kurt, that may get me in trouble. But when I was a kid, second grade or whatever, I learned how to read on the stories of Uncle Remus, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, The Briar Patch. These were, it was a series of books, mm-hmm. and, and I read them as a child. I loved them as a child. My grandparents had a record collection at their house, and they had like all of the Disney uh, albums back then, the vinyl albums that were the soundtracks to uh, the different Disney movies. And, you know, one of my favorites was Song of the South and Uncle Remus and the song Zippity Doodah. Mm-hmm. I still play on a beautiful day in Kansas City. I still play that clip from Zippity Doodah. It's going to be a Zippity Doodah day. Right. Because those stories were from the perspective of a black man who was a slave who was teaching white kids wisdom. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, Slavery happened. We can't get so around sensitive. that. Yeah, so sensitive, and uh, I mean, of course, they're going to find every little thing to be offended by. And I mean, I was looking on Twitter to to prepare for this show, and there's like all these people up in arms about it. There's people, you know, I saw this video uh, that was like people rushing the the line to get on the Splash Mountain to be the last people to get on the Splash Mountain. And these are all adults. And like my first reaction is just like, you are just pathetic. Like you're an adult that's just like obsessed with Disney World. You go to Disney World by yourself as an adult and like wait in line for two hours for Splash Mountain. Okay, that and you're is like weird. All up in arms on Twitter about you know racism on a freaking Disney ride. Like get a life. You know, I mean, what what what? Don't you have anything better to do? I just like it's it's so pathetic. It shows you. It's like first world problems, you know, that that phrase, you know, so you say third world problems. First world problems is worrying about the, the theme of a Disney ride, you know, being offensive. Yeah. So uh, maybe we don't have enough real problems if that's what you're. Well, really that's why I about. package these two stories together, because we do have real problems. Yeah. And then you've got this. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there were people taking uh, like Ziploc bags to Disney World and taking the water out of Splash Mountain and selling it on eBay. And people will buy it because they're stupid. (laughs) You know, there's there's some like 45-year-old single guy living, you know, in Georgia or whatever that makes weekend trips down to Disney World and he has a whole, you know, shrine to Disney World in his house and he's going to pay $150 for a Ziploc bag of water. By the way, that guy's an expert on everything, as you'll find out on his Facebook page. He knows everything. (laughs) 
All right, before we kick this thing, let's again thank Bob Watson, our State Farm agent who has been with us since nearly the beginning on this. And if you've got homeowner's insurance, it's a great time to review your coverages and all that. And uh, Bob sent me a complete list of things that you might want to consider. If you've got a business in your home, you might look for higher limits in case you get sued. Uh, if you've got firearms, get broadened coverage and higher limits there. Uh, earthquake insurance, you can get that. You can check that off on a box. Um, if you're responsible for caring for kids or adults, uh, get some additional homeowner's insurance uh, to cover you. A whole list of things like that, and Bob and his staff will be glad to go over it with you. Um, if it's time to review rates, car insurance, it's a great time to do that too. Uh, call Bob Watson, 816-229-7878, 7th and Main in Blue Springs. Uh, my Blue Springs State Farm agent for nearly 30 years. He's been serving folks in our area for five decades. He's a great guy. Commercial insurance, auto, home, life, fully staffed and licensed in Missouri and Kansas. State Farm was surprisingly great rates and a fantastic guy uh, who's part of the team here at Dale Carter's America. That's our pal, Bob Watson, and I know he's as excited as I am. You know, one of the State Farm commercials that's making the rounds that's really funny is the one where Coach Reed is on an airplane, and he's, like, drawing mustaches and stuff on people, and they bust him on it, and he throws the microphone or the throws the pen and goes, I'm going to get right into that. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> Andy Reid is such a good guy. Yeah. Um, so he's the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. They are back in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 will be February 12th. The Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, before that, we had the AFC title game. And, you know, one of the things you learn early on in sports, Kurt, is – you don't want to give the opponent anything they can pin to the bulletin board to fire them up further than they really are. The Cincinnati Bengals really need to take a college-level course in this because they screwed up royally. And if you're going to trash talk to the level that they did, you know, change the name of Arrowhead Stadium to Burrowhead Stadium, um, you're really about to get your ass kicked because one of the best teams in the National Football League didn't need a lot of incentive to try to get to the Super Bowl, and you just took it a little bit over the top there. All of the sacks. Chris Jones got his first playoff sack. And second. And his second. Um, there were a lot of sacks on Burrow, and he looked like a deer in the headlights for most of the night. So, uh, And then the, the mayor of Cincinnati had to weigh into this as well. Why would a politician weigh into this? You know, the Pharaoh and I are on the same page here because he was criticizing the mayor of Cincinnati uh, up and down over what he did. He actually had a proclamation. What is this guy's name anyway? Abfab or Afflack or Afflack? What's his name? Af Aftab Perival. Perival. Pure evil. Is that his name? Pure evil. Something like that. Okay. Roll the clip. We're not even going to edit this. This is the mayor of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test, confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. 
Now therefore, I, Aftab Pierval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they gotta play us day in Cincinnati. Huh. Well, you know, they gotta play us. And those three games that he's talking about, Kurt, each one was decided by three points. So was this one. Yeah, this one was <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, comma, comma comes all the way full circle. And on CBS television, in the midst of the celebration, holding the Lamar Hunt Trophy, which is back in Kansas City, uh, Travis Kelsey, he's always going to say something wild and, and <laughs> off color. Um, and he had a hot mic on CBS. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> I just love uh, jabroni. That's just like such a great insult. Play it again. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. And, you know, uh, Travis went to University of Cincinnati. He may be a native of Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really have a problem with the mayor thing. I mean, it's but the the thing is like you're kind of sticking your neck out. It's getting good fun, you know. It's sports, whatever. But you're sticking your neck out. So I mean, if your team loses, you're gonna get shit on. Exactly. And the thing is, like, it wasn't really funny. Like, if if he did Not it in a way that all. was that was funny yeah. or like creative, yeah. you know, or something, then maybe you know. But it just wasn't funny. Now they look like asshats, yeah. which is exactly what they are, <laughs> asshats. And now, you know, you've got a team, and I've even said this before, I think the Bengals are a very talented team. They're a very good football team. They are stupid. They're absolutely stupid because you don't do stuff like this. And I guarantee you an Andy Reid coach team will not do this. Uh, Justin Reid was new to the team, and he did a little bit of this. And they asked Andy Reid in a press conference what he thought, and he goes, uh, I don't do that. We're talking to him. Mm -hmm. And he never did it again. Patrick Mahomes won't do that. Mm -hmm. There will be no trash talking from the Kansas City Chiefs on the Philadelphia Eagles. Even uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife has to delete tweets. So Exactly. She's hard to control. Yeah. His brother's hard to control. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes takes the high road every time. Oh, yeah. So do these Kansas City Chiefs. So we wish them well in Super Bowl 57 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Safe travels to you and your wife as you travel for your honeymoon. Thank you. And we will see you all down the road in Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.